Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on the sacrament of baptism. Welcome to Being Lutheran. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have Brian Ricky and Pastor Jason Goodham. Pastor Brian Ricky, Pastor Jason Goodham. You looked at me and almost forgot my name, didn't you? You hesitated. I was watching. No. Uh, <laughs> he was thinking of a joke yeah. that he probably shouldn't say. No. Nope. Right, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say baptism, baptism, baptism. baptism. <laughs> you can just mumble that. Yeah, um, right. Brian and I have a conversation. You can just mumble. This is eight in a row, and we've got plans for eight more. We're at okay. an awesome. Yay! Is this but, a winning streak? <laughs> it's a streak. Uh, but but just just to kind of give a heads up of where we're going from here, we have laid out plans of yeah. the four episodes after this will be baptism studies on passages in the Old Testament. So we'll look at baptism in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and then we will be doing an indefinite amount of Bible studies on baptism passages from the New Testament after mm-hmm. that. So a number to be announced. We, we, we've got plans for at least eight more. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are binging this and heard us lamenting in around the episode 100 <laughs> range of we don't know what we're going to do about baptism, well, we did something with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> but we also wanted to address, and we kind of said this in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, a couple episodes ago, that it is somewhat of a, a divisive topic among believers in Christ Jesus, among the body of Christ, and I think that extra care and time uh, is is deserved mm-hmm. for this beautiful sacrament that yeah. we ascribe to because it is a work of Christ mm-hmm. and it is a, a beautiful gift of God because of what Christ has done. Yep. And as with any part of our beloved Lutheran confessions, especially with the Bible studies coming up, we want to demonstrate that the confessions don't replace Scripture, but they Amen. point us back to Scripture and they summarize Scripture, yep. which yeah, is why all the Bible study. Yeah. Thanks for saying that again. Yeah. No, I, you're right. I, and we need to keep asserting that, that we're not just making this up or not building on tradition or anything along those lines, but we do these certain things because of the convictions from Scripture and going back to it. If it doesn't come from Scripture, we're sunk. Mm -hmm. I mean, at that point, then any opinion is valid and on the table. And we can't get to that place because that's where America's at right now. And it's just a a cesspool. It's a morass of uh, different ideas conflicting with one another to the point that you can't disagree with anyone without causing offense. Mm-hmm. And we want ours rooted in objectivity and rooted in the mm-hmm. truth. We want to speak it with uh, gentleness and with love. Yeah. And, you know, the the kind of the clarion call is to stand for the truth rather than simply just standing against error. And so that being said, you know, who should we baptize? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we talked about the what, we talked about the why, yeah. now we're going to talk a little bit about the who. Right. Well, and the hope here is that yeah. if you understand where we are coming from, theologically speaking, from Scripture, mm-hmm. with the doctrine of baptism, infant baptism is simply the logical conclusion. Yeah. And it's not just based on logic and reason, mm-hmm. but it's what Scripture teaches because of what baptism is. Okay, mm-hmm. If faith is a gift of God, mm-hmm. if divine monergism is real and yes. faith is a gift of God, if we are dead in our sins, mm-hmm. and if infants are sinners that need to be saved from the moment of their conception, mm-hmm. then baptism is what scripture teaches. All right. 
There we go. We're done. Brian, you got a passage? No. I'm actually <laughs> thinking, I know I was thinking about uh, the three laws of logic from Aristotle, one being, I believe, the law of non-contradiction, where if you have two truth claims, uh, both of them cannot mm-hmm. that that are opposing to each other. Both one cannot be. be true. Yeah, one uh, has and, to, and at least really one. Has to and be so, <laughs> even in the midst of baptism, you know, not to create even more division. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, and that's why we wrestle with these things. That's why we search the scriptures. That's why we spend as much time as we do on these things because if we have two truth claims that are somewhat opposed to each mm-hmm. other. One of them has to be wrong, and one of them has to be mm-hmm. true. And what and are the we, two truth claims? Or, or say, it, say it again, again. Non-infant baptism or infant mm-hmm. baptism to who? Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, is it proper to baptize infants? And we, as Lutherans, would ascribe yes, mm-hmm. because faith is given by God, and that we've established that that faith is not an attitude mm-hmm. that God chooses to use. Is it's not a muscle that we flex? Faith is given by God, and it's faith in the person and mission of Jesus Christ and the victory Mm -hmm. that he won through his life, death, and resurrection. We've also established that salvation is totally and entirely a work of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was prophesied in Ezekiel chapter 36. We read that in the closing of our previous episode. We've talked about it in Ephesians chapter 2, that we are saved by grace through faith alone, Mm -hmm. that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We've established that what can a dead person do to save themselves, and the answer is absolutely nothing there. Therefore, the, the, the resurrection that is produced in our hearts and minds through baptism is salvific because baptism now saves. Mm-hmm. Amen. What we're left with are the questions, do infants need to be saved? Yeah. And, yes. And I think... And how are they that, saved? And that's, that's the dead in our right. trespasses and sins part. And I think you're starting to, you know, that long string of things that you had and then the last one it felt like you it felt like it made a little bit of a jump but there was a couple more connecting points and i think you're starting to well, you were discussing the object of our faith yeah. and, and, and understanding that we don't have faith in faith or faith in general belief or faith in just even general knowledge, but that faith has an object. And, and that object is the person and work mm-hmm. of Christ. Mm-hmm. That is the heart and soul of all salvation. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we look at it, uh, either infants are sinners that need to be saved or they're not. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, the, there's no middle ground on that one. That, that's well, an established said, premise. In John theory, you must be born again mm-hmm. uh, because he who believes is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Yeah. You know, in sin did my mother conceive me, as, mm-hmm. as David said in Psalm 51. Yeah. Uh, the idea uh, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that we are born into this condition is echoed all throughout Scripture, mm-hmm. even in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So we run into just. The flow of scripture standing up against the the answer to our question from a different theological tradition, you have something like the age of accountability, mm-hmm. which has no attestation in scripture, and it runs into the problem is how does God view the salvation of the person before they come to the age of accountability? Yeah. yeah and a right. lot of people who would ascribe to that, again, would believe, according to their systematics book, that faith is an attitude God chooses to use. And so then that's would be the natural outcome of that. But that's not what scripture says about faith. Mm-hmm. You know, faith is a gift given by God by which we receive the grace of salvation in Christ Jesus. We are saved by grace through faith alone. And I don't know, maybe, I don't want to speak for other Christians, but I'm wondering out loud if just with the sentimental view of children that mm-hmm. we just automatically think that 
they're just saved already. You know, before that, they're in an innocent like, place. Yeah, they're right. born with this. Yeah, that's Disney theology. Sure, the the state of innocence and that right. adults are the problem with the world who corrupt children. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and you know certainly there's the passages in scripture talk about you know mm-hmm. the millstone on the neck of anyone who yeah. causes a child to stumble, or like uh, David's infant child that died and yeah david's infant child that died but we are presented some with some really tough things if if that's your confession some really big issues first Mm -hmm. of all psalm 51 in sin did my mother conceive me do you believe in the doctrine of original sin original sin Mm -hmm. uh if you can dance around that one then you have romans 323 all Mm -hmm. have sinned can i tell you what that word all means in the greek (laughs) all means all there's there's it's not an interpretive translation there uh, and this is the real issue mm-hmm. at the heart of baptism mm-hmm. is salvation and salvation delivered in a way that is comforting, mm-hmm. that is that is reliable, that is certain. Again, uh, and we're going to do a lot of that in this episode, the two parts of the Christian life are mm-hmm. assurance of salvation and vocation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Vocation. Yeah. We did it. We said it. Yes. When we'll get there all over. We'll, we will be yeah. making up for a neglect of vocation yeah. in the last several episodes. But w- the starting point here is how can an infant be saved and how mm-hmm. can you be certain? Mm-hmm. There's no assurance if there isn't baptism. Mm-hmm. You're either believing that, well, just because his parents are saved, that the child is saved until he can answer for himself mm-hmm. or you believe he's saved outright simply because he's a child, then the question is what do you do with Muslim children mm-hmm. and Hindu children yeah, right. and, and, and things like that, mm. that we are, we are left with a giant void. And yet it seems from scripture that God has answered that void by delivering salvation to infants in the same way he delivers mm-hmm. it to adults, mm-hmm. that he creates faith through the preaching and application of his word. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yep. And that's infant baptism. So you're saying, could an infant hear a sermon and, and, and uh, receive grace through the means of God's word? Preached word? The preached word. Uh, what we know, and all mm-hmm. we're allowed to confess is what we know, is that John the Baptist mm-hmm. responded to Christ in the womb. Right. Yeah, okay. Brian mentioned that last episode. Yeah. So we, yeah, we know, mm-hmm. and what we know, and all we know is that infants are sensitive mm-hmm. to matters of faith. Beyond that, that's a mystery. Mm-hmm. What God yeah. does is a mystery, and we're only allowed to confess what Scripture delivers. And I, I've heard people talk about you know the connection of an infant with the nursing you know, mom, mm-hmm. and they know who mom is. Well, they and, know who you got the sights and the smells yeah, and the right. sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been demonstrated that. Infants who are read to in the womb mm-hmm. develop yeah, same, quicker same type of thing. Uh, than, than if they don't have that. Just because we can't measure it in adult terms doesn't mean mm-hmm. that something isn't going on. Right. But that is all left to the area of speculation. Right. What, what It is best to leave infant baptism in the realm of what we know from Scripture. Mm-hmm. What we know from Scripture, and, and notice we haven't even appealed to the arguments of entire households mm-hmm. being baptized in Acts. Sure. What we know from Scripture is that infants are sinners. Mm-hmm. Sinners need to be saved. God has provided a way of salvation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that passage we read from Acts 2 this promise is for you and, and for your, your children. children. And then those two are clumped together then for those who are far off. Yep. And so it's almost like 
speaking to the kids that were there even that day, perhaps. Yep. Yeah, there, I think for so long we've been tempted to kind of defend the doctrine of infant baptism from ways that are less appealing than what Scripture simply delivers to us. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's best to just go to the to the topic of salvation mm-hmm. and in how God is effective in saving us. Mm-hmm. Now, the other weakness that Lutherans have struggled with is that we tend to just leave baptism off the side of a cliff once it happens. Like it's a one-time event. Mm-hmm. And this is where vocation is going to come back in prominently because the doctrine of baptism from Scripture is that it has daily value mm-hmm. for a believer. Yeah. Baptism is your daily repentance. Mm-hmm. It is you die daily and you rise again daily, and that is what baptism represents. Yep. And so every day you are first living in the faith that you were granted in baptism Every day you are following the pattern of baptism for the maintenance of your faith. You Mm -hmm. are repenting and you are being forgiven. Mm -hmm. And what that does then, two parts of the Christian life, assurance of salvation and vocation. With the assurance that baptism gives us, we are free to live in our vocations and to love our neighbors. Mm -hmm. And Luther talked about this in the large catechism, and that's the proper use of our baptism in that we're continuing in the faith. And Mm -hmm. it's really, sanctification is really kind of what we're talking about there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's a beautiful picture of just continuing into this great promise and this great great means of salvation. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we don't just... Believe, as we have stated before, that this is just some kind of one-and-done hocus-pocus formula. Uh, it's it's something that we do have to take seriously, and, and there is a responsibility to the grace that is given in baptism that we would do well to continue mm-hmm. in the faith of our baptism and use our baptism properly. Mm-hmm. If today, right now, if today you have repented of sin, you are living in your baptism. Mm-hmm. If you have simply prayed the Lord's Prayer, you're living in your baptism. If you have read God's word and been comforted by the promises of the gospel, you're living in your baptism. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like. Baptism is a regular, constant benefit for your life, apart from, but including, also with it, the the simple event that comforts. For, For those who have struggled against sin, and especially habitual sin, who wonder if they can even be counted as a child of God, baptism is God's testimony that he has adopted you at this specific time and specific place. But simply hearing the gospel, repenting, receiving the forgiveness of sins, all that goes under uh, what your baptism is and mm-hmm. what it means for your life. And in fact, there's a friendly debate, and you cannot even say that especially in Lutheran circles. Right now, mm-hmm. and, and for centuries, there's been a friendly debate. Should confession and absolution be considered a third sacrament, a mm. means of grace? And the argument for is that you are certainly forgiven at the declaration of the absolution, the application of the gospel, and the external element uh, in confession and absolution is the pastor or the person speaking the absolution to you. It, it, it's appealing. But Luther, and where we go after baptism in the catechism, Luther put confession and absolution under baptism. Mm-hmm. That confession and absolution mm. is what your baptism looks like throughout your life. Right. 
daily. It, depending, no matter if it was an infant baptism or if you were baptized as uh, more like an adult or a youth, um, yeah. yeah. And you, you go to church and you hear the absolution. It's a function of your baptism. Mm-hmm. You know, you pray with a brother or sister in Christ as you're struggling against a habitual sin or confessing a way in which you have individually harmed him. That is a part of your baptism. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. This is why it is so important for the Christian life. And that's even honoring um, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, which is uh, connected to what we're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, because it brings forward in remembrance mm-hmm. of, of what our baptism was rooted in, mm-hmm. <laughs> was the work and person of Jesus Christ. Foreshadowing. And, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a beautiful kind of... Uh, connection there, and I think that um, we would do well uh, to understand that a life of confession and repentance is one that is 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 beautiful. It's worshipful, uh, and it's it's a way that we can respond in the power of God's saving grace to honor the victory that Christ has given us. And I've mm-hmm. been thinking about as you were talking, Jason, Second Corinthians seven, where godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. And that that continual returning to the foot of the cross and that sanctification mm-hmm. process is really the proper use of our baptism. It's really continuing in the faith that was given in our baptism. Mm-hmm. And um the one thing that we need to to stress and that um I think that maybe we just have to just want to stress is that 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 is probably something that um, most non-infant baptizing denominations don't understand is that this is something that we continue in. This is mm-hmm. something that isn't, again, that hocus-pocus, one-and-done formula, that it's a beginning and not an ending, mm-hmm. and that it is this wonderful uh, means of grace by which we continue to return to the foot of the cross to allow God to mold mm-hmm. us into the person he's called us to be. Yeah. And I, I sometimes I tell the parents of the the ones that I baptize that their home is kind of like a spiritual greenhouse, and that mm. their their children's faith is it's kind of like a, a plant that's been planted and it needs to be given nutrients and so on to flourish and to grow. And yeah, it's the same faith, same same grace of God in their lives um, as I grew up to adults and for the rest of their life. And to tie this in, we've got about a little bit less than five minutes left, and and we wanted to get to vocation. We've kind of departed mm-hmm. from vocation a little bit in this last series, but we want to get there. We keep touching on it. But... We, we, we keep touching. We keep acknowledging it. It's the elephant in the room all the time. Mm-hmm. And not only, you know, as half the Christian life, again, assurance of salvation, vocation, assurance of salvation, vocation, uh, the assurance of salvation that is delivered in baptism frees us to live in our earthly vocations. But here's the big deal for me is that baptism is your Christian vocation. Your vocation as a Mm -hmm. Christian at any given point in time in your life is to be repenting of sin Mm -hmm. because you're a sinner. Because what God wants to do for you as a Christian Mm -hmm. is forgive you. He wants to have grace and mercy on you. That's what, you know, we, we... Earlier in the large catechism, we are in the Christian church where there is nothing but the continuous, uninterrupted forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. That is where God interacts with us. Our relationship with God is a relationship of forgiveness and comfort. That is what your baptism is for you. That is your Christian vocation. Daily repentance, Mm -hmm. daily forgiveness. That forgiveness frees us to live and love our neighbors in our vocations, absolutely. But that forgiveness 
is our Christian vocation. It is that new creation that Second mm-hmm. Corinthians five seventeen talks about. Right. That we are raised the new Adam, and it's what it looks like. You mm-hmm. know, for Christian, earnestly saying, well, "I wonder what God's will is for my life right now." <laughs> the simple answer is God's will is for you to repent. Yeah. Repent of your sins and be forgiven, be comforted, and then be free to live in the vocations God has given you. And one beautiful way to, one beautiful tool that God has given us to do it is the Ten Commandments. Uh, It's like, okay, the law makes us aware of those sin. And and it's it's not just saying, I repent, I repent. I think it's a beautiful thing to examine our hearts with the use, the proper use of the mirror of God's word, the law. As we look deep into ourselves, we see the reality of our sin, our sinful nature, and we use, use the law beautifully, as Paul would say, or properly to reveal those things, to lead us into a sense of confession and repentance toward mm-hmm. a salvation without regret. I think it's a wonderful tool to live that out. Mm-hmm. And, and what we're seeing here uh, is the brilliance of the catechism at work. What you highlighted is perfect because the catechism isn't presented as a basic instruction book and then we leave it behind. Although mm-hmm. that for 500 years is how Christians have treated it. Mm-hmm. Learn it in confirmation. How many, how many people, even in our own congregations? Yep. Well, I've graduated a, now. I don't have to yeah, go to church yeah, anymore. Have right. a, well, the, 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 the gal I graduated, or that I was confirmed with, mm-hmm. uh, I never saw her again after confirmation. Hmm. The day we were confirmed was the last time I ever saw her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how many, even in our own congregations, mm-hmm. would we say that have never opened the catechism after confirmation? Yep. Yep. And, and we, we're working, obviously, actively against that. But... We, we get to the point of the sacraments or we continue on to the table of duties and mm-hmm. vocation. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we are immediately directed by the, by scripture to go back to the 10 commandments, mm-hmm. to go love our neighbors. And then the 10 commandments direct us to repent of our sins. Mm-hmm. And then the creed directs us to the free forgiveness that all three persons of the Trinity, one mm-hmm. God, Amen. grants to us. Yeah. Then the prayer in the Christian life reminding us of what God is continually doing, mm-hmm. and then the assurance of the sacraments, and the responsibilities in loving our neighbor in vocation, which is de- delineated again by the Ten Commandments, <laughs> and we go over and over and over again. And we cannot, as Luther says, master the catechism. No, mm-hmm. because in, in a sense... He's basically echoing the thought that once we read the law, we're done. We need the law continually uh, to bring us back to Ken to that foot of the cross. And it's, it's this wonderful cyclical thing that mm-hmm. you cyclical have Cyclical sanctification. Yep, cyclical mm-hmm. sanctification that God has given us as a gift, mm-hmm. um, but yet as, that we have a responsibility in. Mm-hmm. And we see that in the parable of the talents. We see mm-hmm. that uh, in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, um, that we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, even as believers, uh, to answer what we did or did not do with the saving faith that he has given us. And so there is a responsibility, not out of guilt and shame, but as an act of worship, as a response of faith motivated by love. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. Well, Titus, let's end with that. Titus chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 4. But when goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his very own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the Mm -hmm. renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he had poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, as that being justified by his grace we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next time as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on the sacrament of baptism. God bless you and have a great week.